This sermon is titled Overcoming Life's Challenges The Christian Home Part 3 Be enriched as you listen The last couple of Sundays we've been talking about the Christian home the Christian family Very first Sunday we spent some time just reading promises from God's word concerning the home concerning the family and uh, I want to just encourage us to go back listen to it Take a hold of God's word. Believe the promises. You speak the promises. You pray the promises for your home and for your family. You never change. You never move out of that place of believing God's word. Last Sunday, we talked about nurturing relationships. How do we build relationships across generations? Because that's a reality. That in our family, there could be people from multiple generations all living together. And we need to understand each other because we've grown up in different worlds, in different environments, and we need to build meaningful relationships and we shared a few practical biblical instructions and insights on how we can build meaningful relationships. Today, we want to talk, take some time to talk about, again, we're continuing on the Christian home, the Christian family, and we're going to talk about overcoming lives challenges, overcoming life's challenges. The fact is that there is no home or family or marriage that is exempt from facing challenges. Everyone faces this. Everyone faces adversity. Everyone faces challenges. And Jesus made that clear. He said, and this is in John 16. He said, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he wants us to be in a place of peace. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. He says, look, there's a place of peace that you can be in. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. There are, there are going to be things that happen in the world, challenges, all kinds of things happening. They're going to cause trouble. But you and I can be in that place of peace in Jesus. And he said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. That means you can be in a place of joy. You can be in a place of peace, and you can be in a place of joy in Jesus, even though there's tribulation around. Amen? So he said, you can. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Let's say this together. In Jesus I have peace. I say it like you really mean it, right? In Jesus, I have peace. You know, in the world, there may be tribulation, but in Jesus, I have peace. And be of good cheer. So in Jesus, you have joy. In Jesus, you have joy. And he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome. I have overcome the world. I've overcome that tribulation. I've overcome that adversity. I've overcome that difficulty. Christ has already conquered it. 
And so he's made a pathway, he's made a roadway for you and me to walk into a place, not only of peace and joy, but also a place, place of victory. Amen? So let's say this together. In Jesus, I have peace, joy, and victory. Let's say it again. In Jesus, I have peace, I have joy, I have victory. Amen. So yes, there is going to be all this tribulation. But this is what he said you and I can have in Jesus. We can have peace. We can have joy. We can have victory. Amen? Now, we're talking this morning in the, about the context of the Christian home, the family. So, there will be difficulties. Now, they don't tell that to you on your wedding day. You want to make that day a really good day. But it will come. Something's going to happen. I mean, things will happen. But in Jesus, we can have peace, we can have joy, we can have victory. And so we want to just share and try to understand a few simple things from Scripture that will help us live in this place of peace and joy and help us walk in that place of victory. Simple things. The first thing, it's very simple. Is Jesus taught us we need to build on the rock. We need to build on the rock. So in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus, let's read this together. It'll come up on the screens. You can, or you can read it from the Bible, the Bible that you have. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Let's read it out together, please. Therefore, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Now, we've probably heard these, kind, these, these, these statements of Jesus, probably from the time we were in Sunday school. Uh, we were in Sunday school, children's church. They taught us these things. But Jesus is giving us very simple instruction. He says, you hear what I'm teaching and you do it. You hear my sayings and do my sayings. Listen to what I say, obey. Follow through. Live by this. You will build your life on, on something that's strong and secure. It's like building your house upon the rock. So try to picture this in your mind, or they'll probably put something up on the screen to help us picture this in our minds. Imagine this house on the rock. There will be this storm. There, there's the storms coming, the winds blowing, the waves rising, but the house stands strong. And that's you. Because you made the choice to live by the sayings and teachings of Jesus. You're going to hear his sayings and going to live by them. And you apply his word to your life. 
in your marriage, in your home, your family. You've decided to do that. And that's you. You are that house upon the rock. The winds and the waves will come. Storms will come. But you know you're going to stand. Amen? Now, all kinds of things can happen and different things happen to different people. Sometimes the relationship between the spouse is strained. You know, husbands, wives, this don't seem to get, get along together. There's a strain on that relationship. Sometimes it's a, it's a strain between the parents and the children. Just don't seem to get along. It's, it's so hard. It's so difficult. Sometimes it could be other kinds of things happening. There's a loss of a job. Uh, there's financial pressure. The loss of a loved one. Grief. And uh, there could be other kinds of things disturbing or putting pressure on the relationship. Sometimes it affects mental health. People uh, suffer depression or anxiety and different kinds of things. It affects the relationship. Uh, uh, there are all kinds of things, all kinds of stressors that seem to beat upon the home. The winds and the waves blow. But when you and I have determined to live by the sayings and teachings of Jesus, then we can rest in His promise. Lord, I've decided to live by Your Word. One thing I know, You said, if I hear Your sayings and do them, then I will be that house that's built on the rock. Storms will come. My house is not going to be shaken. I'll be standing. I'll be firm. Amen? So that's what He has assured us of. And so we're going to practice that. We're going to follow that. Lord, I'm going to hear what your word says, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to live by that. Because I want my house to be that strong home built on the rock. So, what are some practical things that we can consider this morning? The first thing I want to present to us is that we must learn to stay united. So, everybody say that. Stay United. Stay united. Uh, cord woven together cannot be easily broken. Now we're familiar with this passage. Let's read it out together, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Let's read it out loud together. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So, the first thing that we must determine to do with the grace of God, with His help, with His help, is be determined to stay united. Work towards that. I understand there will be situations that may be very difficult, but do the best you can with the grace of God. Work towards staying together. At the first instant, don't stop, start talking about, I'm going to walk out of this marriage, I'm going to do this. Don't talk like that. Are you listening, young couples? No. 
work at staying together. Don't immediately say, oh, this is not going to work. No. God brought you together. You need each other. Work towards the togetherness. Yes, there may be stressors acting on your relationship, whatever it may be, internal, external. Or maybe the dynamic is between the parents and the children, things that are pressuring, putting pressure on that relationship. But remember, the first response, the first thing you need to work towards is being a peacemaker, being somebody who's going to try to bring things together, not drift further apart. Are you listening? Work towards doing things that are going to bring you closer to each other. Yes, you're different. Yes, there are tensions. Maybe between the spouse, husband and wife, between the parents and children, there are tensions. But do what you can to work towards coming together, not pushing yourself apart. And sometimes you need to identify what are those things that are causing you to go apart? What are those things that are causing you to go apart? Is it some other relationships? Meaning, you know, sometimes maybe there's interference from parents or God bless parents, but sometimes there's interference from, you know, extended family. Sometimes there's interference. Maybe it's because of work. Maybe it's because of, you know, what are, what are those things that are putting that pressure on that relationship? Address those things. Don't put the blame immediately. It's because of you that things are not working out. No, 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 no. Try to keep yourself together. Identify those things that are putting pressure. Work at resolving those things. So, in as much as possible, I'm not saying it's going to work out in every situation, but as much as possible, work towards staying together. A threefold cord is not easily broken. You need each other. If you, as a family, parents need the children. Children, you need your parents. Husband and wife, you need each other. Stay together. Work towards that. And deal with those things that are putting those pressures, that are acting as hindrances and roadblocks towards that relationship. Jesus said, a house that is divided will not stand. So don't force that division. Don't force it. A house that is divided will not stand. Address the things that are putting pressure on that relationship. Number two, second practical thing I want to talk about is get help. We are a body. We are part of a body. We are part of a community. So get help. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 26 and 27, please. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 and 27. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So what's Paul saying? And I know I just brought out two of these verses from, from that entire chapter. Paul is basically telling us, he's saying, look, you are part of a body. And what you experience, what the members experience, the body is there. 
The body's there to suffer with you or the body's there to celebrate with you. We are there. We are here to participate in your experience, to be there for you. So you're part of a body. And there's nothing wrong in drawing strength from other parts of the body. That means getting the help you need. And I can speak immediately of what we are doing here at church, at APC. There are pastors available. So you can reach out to any of the pastors. If you don't like any of the pastors, <laughs> there's life coaching available. Which means... Life coaching is basically people from the congregation who've willingly offered themselves to share and impart the learning and experience they have to others who would like to learn. So life coaching is available. And maybe the things that you need to address, maybe how do I manage my finances? Or how, do I, you know, how do I balance my work and, and, and my family? And so you need a little bit of coaching in that area. There are people here who will help you in those areas. So you can reach out and say, hey, I need some help in this area. If you don't like any of the pastors, you don't like life coaching, we have Christmas counseling available. That means there are counselors who are there, trained counselors who can speak to you, who can talk to you and help you. So as a church, we've made this available. You can reach out. And there's nothing wrong in reaching out for help. Nothing wrong. Saying, hey, I need some help. And we're not restricted to just this. There are other Christian bodies in, the, in our city that also offer help, uh, counseling ministries and others outside of the church. And you can reach out there as well. They're still part of the church. They're still part of the body of Christ. And so you can still reach out there. If you don't want to reach internally, you're, you can still reach out externally to other Christian bodies and say, hey, I need some help. I need some input. And there's nothing wrong if you even get help from there. Whatever you are comfortable with, you just need to get help. And there's nothing wrong. If for a certain period of time in your life, you're, you're receiving some input, some counsel, some guidance, somebody's journeying with you as a, cup, uh, as a couple or as individual, whatever the case may be, that somebody's helping you through that, navigate that difficult time of your life, there's nothing wrong in getting the help you need. And then you'll be fine. Then you can sail on. Amen? We are a body. We are a community. So don't hesitate to reach out for help if you need it for your family, for your marriage, maybe in the context of parenting or uh, children relating to your parents, whatever that situation might be, get help. Number three, be willing to change. Only then we move from glory to glory. Be willing to change. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 together, please. 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 18. Let's read it together. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Paul the Apostle is telling us, look, we're all being changed and we are Becoming more and more like Jesus. We're being transformed to His image by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is at work to change us, to transform us, and make us more like Jesus. Now, in the context of marriage, remember, instead of pointing to the other person or 
your children or other people. There's something you can do about yourself to help better the situation. I'm not saying that will solve all the problems, but it'll at least help some measure. That's something that's in your control. Changing the other person is outside your control. You can't change the other person, but you can change you with the well, help of the Holy Spirit. You say, God, you work in me. Change me. What do I need to change that can help better the situation? And that's where you and I must be willing to change. It's very difficult if you're trying to counsel a couple and the husband is always saying, she needs counseling. She needs to change. It's like, it's not going anywhere. Both need help. Both need to change. And unless both are willing to change, this situation may not be able, cannot resolve. Got to address it. So be willing, both husband, wife, parent, children, be willing to change. What is it that I need to do to change so that I can be better in this relationship, in this situation? And allow God by His Spirit to work that change in you, to make you more like Christ, make you more like Jesus. Maybe in your attitude, maybe in the words you're speaking, maybe in your behavior, whatever it is, that change that God can work in you so that things can be better in your life situation, in your marriage, in your home. You see, the Bible says, this is in Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4, through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. So you build your home, you establish your home through wisdom and understanding. So you need wisdom, you need understanding to build your home and to make it strong, to establish it. And sometimes you need to go after this wisdom. You're not born with it. You need to go get it. Get it somewhere. Get that wisdom, get that understanding that you need in order to build your home and establish your home. You need to go get it. Sometimes what you need may, might be just to learn some interpersonal skills. How do you relate to your spouse? How do you relate to your children? Maybe you need to learn those skills. And there's nothing wrong. And so as a church, you know, we do try to provide to the course of every year. We've been re repeating this, you know, parenting workshop, marriage workshop. Why do we do that? So that we can impart some understanding. We can impart some wisdom. So you get that wisdom. You get that understanding. Through wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. And sometimes the wisdom and understanding you need may be simple things like, just interpersonal skills. How do you relate to somebody else? You say, but I am a manager at work. Being a manager at work has sometimes absolutely no correlation to being a good husband in the home. The problem is those managerial skills at home, if, in the workplace, you bring it to the home and then you're managing your wife. Managing your children. Look, you can't do that. At home, you've got to be a husband and a father, not a manager. Are you listening? And maybe those skills, 
didn't learn it in your MBA. You didn't learn it there. So you need to attend parenting, I mean, <laughs> you know, marriage and family workshop or something. You need to learn those skills somehow. How do you be a good husband or a good wife? How do you relate? Just those basic interpersonal skills. Through wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it's established. So you need to get that wisdom. You need to get that understanding. Sometimes it's how do you resolve conflicts? You have a disagreement, but then you don't know how, how do you resolve that? There will be disagreements because you're two different people. Or like we said last Sunday, there will be disagreements between generations because you've grown up in different environments, in different worlds. So you may not be looking at the same thing the same way. But how do you resolve it? How do you work through conflicts? These are skills we can learn. We can develop. It's something that people can teach us. Here's how you work through conflict. Don't throw the plate or the spoon. <laughs> Sit down, talk. Forget. There are just simple things. So learning how to work through conflicts. Get that wisdom. Get that understanding. Sometimes, maybe the pressure on the marriage is because the finances are not being managed properly. And so, there's pressure, stress on the marriage. So what do we need? That's not the time to bind the devil, cast the devil out. No, no, no. That's the time to attend financial planning workshop. See, we, we want all kinds of solutions. Pastor, bind the devil, he's troubling me. No, this is not about the, the devil trying to disturb your marriage. This is about you getting some wisdom and understanding to learn how to manage your money properly. That's the real solution. Because you can bind the devil, you can lose him. The devil is confused. Do you want him there? You don't want him there? It's not about the devil. It's about you getting some wisdom, some understanding. I'm not, I'm not saying the devil never works to destroy marriages. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying sometimes we misplace the problem. The problem is you lack wisdom. You lack understanding. And that's not going to be solved by just chasing the devil. You need to go get that wisdom. Get that understanding. So you can manage your money. That's why we have, you know, these financial planning workshops that we do during the course of the year. Why? Because we want to impart wisdom, impart understanding. Are you listening? Because if finances are being mismanaged, there is so much tension, so much stress in the relationship. You're arguing about this, fighting about this, stressed out about the children and all these things happening. What's the solution? Learn how to manage the money properly. So that bills can be paid and the needs can be cared for. Then there will be peace. So like this. Be willing to change. Go get the wisdom. Go get the understanding that you need. In order to address the situation. Take care of things. Maybe we need parenting skills. As the children are growing up, uh, they're, they're in a different stage in life. And you're saying, okay, how do I relate to them? Well, 
Get wisdom, get understanding, learn some parenting skills. How do you work with your children? Again, these are things we can learn. So, be willing to do that. Be willing to make these changes, to receive wisdom, to receive understanding. Two more practical things before we close. Next one. Let go, let God. There are things you cannot change. Jesus made this statement in Matthew 6 and verse 27. This was not in the context of marriage, just a general statement about life. But this is what he said, Matthew 6, verse 27. Let's read it together, please. Let's read it out loud. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Or just put it in simple English. Can you grow one inch by just worrying? Just worry, 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 one inch taller. It's not going to happen. I said, why worry about something you cannot change? Why worry about it? Which of you by worrying can grow one inch taller? In other words, some things you cannot change. So what do you do? Let go. Let God handle it. Sometimes... We're trying to be the Holy Spirit in the life of our spouse. You want to bring him or her under conviction. You want to bring him or her under repentance, whatever. Don't try to do the work of the Holy Spirit. Let him do it. Leave it. Let go. Let God. There are some things you and I cannot do. We can't change the other person. Let God handle that. There are some things that are outside our control. We are not responsible for those things. Let go. Let God. Worry is not going to change that. Let go. Let God. But you and I, we can keep ourselves in a place of faith in God. We can continue to rest in God. We can continue to pray. We can continue to believe God's words, stay in a place of faith. And like we said, we stay in a place of joy, stay in a place of peace in Jesus. That's something you can do. But you can't change the other person. Or you can't control some situation that you're not responsible for. Let, let go. Let God handle that. You do the things you are responsible for, that you can handle Take care of that. Are you listening? And last one. Fulfill your purpose. This is what you will give an account for. Fulfill your purpose. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10, please. 2 Corinthians 5. 9 through 10. Worship team, you can come up, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. Let's read it out loud. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or and again, this is not in the context of the Christian home or the marriage that Paul's writing about, but it's a general statement for all of us to consider. 
What is Paul saying? He's saying we make it our aim. This is our objective, that we want to be well-pleasing in the eyes of God, well-pleasing in the eyes of Jesus. Because we know that one day we have to stand. He's talking to believers. We have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Got to stand before Jesus. To give an account of what we've done while we were here in the body. And that's the moment you cannot use the Adam trick. What did he do? Lord, the woman you gave me. That excuse will not work. No. You're going to give an account of what you did with your life while you were here on earth. And that time you can't shift the blame on my husband, my wife, my children, my family. What did you do with the life you had? So, as we are journeying on earth, while there are challenges that we will have to face and navigate through, it's very important to be mindful that you are responsible for pursuing God's plan, God's purpose for your life. And you pursue that, fulfill it. While you're not neglecting your family, you're not neglecting taking care and being there for your family and addressing matters that need to be addressed, you cannot let go of what God put you here on earth for. You've got to do that. Pursue that. Are you listening? Because we're going to give an account of what you did with your life here on earth. Family is important. And you don't neglect it. Taking care of your spouse, your children, that's important. You're not neglecting it. But you've still got to pursue and say, God, this is what God put me on the earth for. And that's what I fulfilled. Now, when you and I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we want to hear him say, well done. And life is lived in seasons. We go through different seasons in life and every season there's something God wants you to be doing. And you focus on fulfilling that season. The season may be tough and you're, you're, you're rising up to the challenge, but you don't lose focus on God's purpose for that season. Go after it. Do what he called you to do in that season of life. Are you listening? You don't give up on that. Pursue it. Some seasons may be more challenging than the others. But you say, I am here to do what God wants me to do. And I'll pursue that. As you navigate through the challenges of life, as you go through these things, you're living with a sense of heavenly purpose. You're living with this, with this knowing that one day 
you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of what you did with your life here on earth. And you want to hear the words saying, well done, my son, my daughter, well done. I know it was not easy. I know it was hard, but you stayed the course. You went after the purpose. Well done. Amen? So let's quickly review, and then we're going to take some time to pray. So what did we say today? First, we said, build on the rock. Hear and do the sayings of Jesus. Stay true to God's word. Hear what he said. Do it. Live by it. Don't compromise. Don't let what things people say take you away from what God said. Stay united. Do what you can to keep the family together. Stay united. Our cord woven together cannot be easily broken. Get help. We are part of a body, a community. There's nothing wrong. There's no shame in reaching out and saying, hey, we need help. What do we do? Can you help us? Be willing to change. Only then we move from glory to glory. Be willing to change. Accept the fact that you don't already know everything. So there's wisdom and understanding you need to acquire. And then you need to implement in your life. Be willing to change. Let go and let God. There are things that we cannot change. That, so we just release that to God. And you keep yourself in a place of faith, of peace, of joy. Stay in that place. That's something you can do. Keep yourself there. And lastly, every season, fulfill your purpose. Because one day you and I will give an account for the life you lived here on earth. Fulfill your purpose. Amen? Let's rise to our feet, please. Let's take some time as we just seek the Lord. Say, God, I invite you to my family to work in my relationships. If things are good, thank God for it. Let it, just say, God, just make it stronger, make it better. Thank you for the relationship I share with my spouse or that I share with my children. And thank you, Lord, Lord, just make it better. But for some of us, maybe we need God's intervention in our homes and our families today. And so as we stand to pray, ask Him to intervene. Maybe it's wisdom and understanding that you and your spouse need. Ask God for that. And say, God, give us the wisdom. Give us the understanding we need to make our relationship better. Or maybe it's a relationship between you and your children. So God, give us the wisdom and understanding we need to learn how to work with our children. Whatever the situation, take time to pray and just welcome, welcome. Maybe you're single, planning to get married. So Lord, help me to make the right choice. Help me to prepare myself. Give me the wisdom and understanding I need to be the best that I can be 
for my future spouse, for the home that I will establish, that we will establish. Work in me, prepare me for that, and guide me in, in this important decision. So whatever stage of life you're in, take some time to pray. Invite God. Invite the Lord. He's your Father. Invite Him. And Father, even as we stand in your presence, we ask that you will work miracles. You will work powerful things in our lives. For those who might be going through a challenging time, Lord, let them receive strength and wisdom so that they can, Lord, overcome, be in that place of joy and peace and move to a place where they see victory in their situation. God of miracles. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we pray over every home, every family, every household represented here, God, every marriage. Father, we pray for wisdom and understanding, God, to be imparted to us through your word and by your spirit and the counsel of godly people. May whatever wisdom, whatever understanding, whatever revelation, that people need to address their specific situation. May that be given to them, Lord. May they receive it so that through wisdom, through understanding, they can build and they can establish their home, their families. Father, we pray over marriages that may at this moment be strained and be in a very difficult place. Father, in the name of Jesus, may your hand of healing come upon such relationships. And in your mercy heal. In your mercy touch such relationships, such homes, such marriages. Bring about healing. Bring about change in the hearts and the minds of the husband, the wife, and let there be restoration, God. Let there be healing, God. Let there be good understanding, Father. And God, in homes where the relationships between the parents and the children are strained and where there's no longer a connect, there's no longer perhaps even a conversation happening. Oh God, revive. Revive and restore the heart of the parents. Turn the heart of the parents to the children and the heart of the children to the parents. Oh God, you're the God of miracles. Only you can do it. Only you can bring about such a change. And so in homes and in families where this is needed, God, Father, we ask that you will do it. In your mercy, in your grace. 
Turn the heart of the parents to the children, the heart of the children to the parents. Let there be healing, let there be restoration, God. And Holy Spirit, in every home and every family present here, those joining us online, let the righteousness, the peace and the joy that you bring be established. Fill every home, dear God, with your righteousness and peace and joy. I also come against every lie and deception of the enemy whispered into the minds of people pulling them outside of their marriages pulling them outside of their God-given relationships and in the name of Jesus I take authority over you ever every lying deceiving spirit I command you leave in Jesus name let those lies come down. Let those strongholds be destroyed. Let those deceptions of the enemy be cast out in the name of Jesus. And let there be release today, this very moment. Let there be freedom. We thank you, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for working in our homes, in our families. Thank you, Father. Before we close, we'd like to give an invitation to anyone here this morning. If you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. Like we read, the Bible says that as believers, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but there is a judgment for every person. The Bible says it's appointed for man once to die, and after that comes the judgment. Meaning one day every person will have to stand before Almighty God. And you're either going to be ushered into an eternity with God in heaven, or there's going to be a sentencing to an eternity away from the presence of God in hell. In a place that the Bible describes as a place of fire and torment and it'll go on and on forever. And it's our sins that, are, that take us into that eternity without God in hell. But the good news of the Bible is this, that God provided a way for the sins of man to be forgiven freely through what Jesus Christ did on the cross so that the Bible says whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness for their sins. God cleanses us, takes that sin away and we can be assured into the presence of God. And If you've never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You can make that choice. You can make that decision. And if you've never done that before in your life, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. And if you feel prompted in your heart, you feel like you want to do it, this morning you can. And you can ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you your sins and to make you a child of God and to write your name in the book of life. 
If you've never done this before, you're most welcome to join me in this prayer. Just say this with me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe you died for my sins on the cross. I believe that your blood cleanses me from all my sins. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you. And you alone the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone here you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time today, right now? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. I want to see your hand. If you did this with me for the very first time, could you wave your hand at me, please? Anyone here in this auditorium this morning? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. Anyone here? Just wave your hand at me. Anyone? Okay, I don't see anyone here. All right. In case you prayed that prayer with me for the very first time, you made that decision here this morning. We want to give you a, a, a bag. We call it the New Believers Bag. It has some resources in it that you can take with you and help you get started in your journey of faith. So please make sure you receive that bag before you leave. Our ushers are standing at the back. They'll have this bag. It's like a pink bag. I just tell them, I, I want to receive that. I prayed that prayer with today. I want to receive it. They'll give it to you. They'll take your name and number and they'll give it to you. And somebody will follow up with you from the church office and how to use the resources in the bag. All right, let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with us, filling us with joy and peace and ushering us into victory. Always, in Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.